This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Good morning. As you probably have perceived that we're going to be receiving and taking communion today, today we're going to um, talk about communion and hopefully um, broaden our perspective or understanding of what really communion is and maybe even what it's not. Uh, maybe kind of share a little bit about what it's not. We're going to uh, share some scriptures and uh, kind of open up the Word of God in a place where, you know, from the Old Testament to even um, the New Testament, we're going to start from the New Testament, um, but then we're going to go back into the Old Testament. And I want to share something, even though I'm learning uh, as of recently, the difference between glory and holy. Uh, as I've been, in fact, we're going to read a passage um, in just a few more minutes where in Leviticus it talks about to my people, you know, to the people I'll show glory, but to those who draw near, I'll show holy. And I, you know, I had really didn't even really understand the difference of that. I mean, because you know, sometimes we put our churchy words together. I mean, glory and holy, kind of churchy words, but they're actually um, representative of, of God himself. And that holy isn't something that anything that man can do at all. It's something God touches. In fact, uh, recently I've been asking uh, my kids, and uh, we've been, we uh, do a rental business, and I'm asking them to pray over our equipment, and that people that rent it, that they would feel God's presence. And that, you know, sometime during the, that, that space of time they're having, whether it's an hour or a whole day experience or a whole week experience, that there would be a moment of transition where they don't even know why. And I think many times we, we think we sell ourselves um, to the point where we put so much of ourselves and think that it's how we, you know, it's how we sell it. But let's just face it, it's God himself that draws people, amen? He's the one that draws people to himself. And that's what holiness is. And there, there are spaces of time where we can read in history, we're gonna read one today, where God opened up a door of holiness. He opened up a space of presence in, with him. And it's not common. And you know, in church isn't supposed to be common. Church is supposed to be a, a place where people that, you know, even though I know that you're a sinner like I am, but God calls you a holy people to himself. You're that special to him. You're, you're holy unto himself. And I, again, that would be like for me, um, I have um, lots of kids and grandkids. So to me, when, you know, they, when we all get together and we have a gathering and my wife um, for my, uh, you know, my mom and dad's anniversary, what they're gonna do is their 60th anniversary, my wife put a puzzle together with our whole family together. And you know, the you know, 19 grandkids and all the kids and just this you know, piece and they can put all the, you know, and there's not a lot of pieces without a face on it, amen? You know, it's just, but it's really neat because that to me is, it's not, the, I wouldn't call it holy, but it's special to me. That, that's, I mean, that's, that's the life that I'm living for and I, the life that's willing to be passed on and, and that, you know, when my life passes from this life on, I pray that my family lives out the heritage of Christ to the next generation. Well, that's what God calls holy. 
You know, my sons will carry my name, Rans. My daughters will take on another name. You know, and, and to me, when I, when I uh, grab hold of that, to me, that when I, when I have a, an in-law, they're not an in-law, they're a son or a daughter. I don't have in-laws. I have, I have more sons and I have more daughters. And now I even have another son from the, the Navy. His name is Christian. And, you know, he's come on and he's, named, he's not a son by adoption. He's not son by foster, but he's son by, because of a spiritual father that I want to be. That's who I am as a, a spiritual father. And Paul says, you have many teachers, but you have few fathers. And the, my passion is never to be a teacher. I'm, I'm, you know, you can get on the internet and you can find better teachers than myself easily. But can, you know what, what I'd hope that you couldn't find is better spiritual fathers. I would hope that we would be a church where we would, our fatherhood, we would spiritualize to the point where we're spirit. In fact, um, I see Jamie has a children's ministry, um, you know, after service, after second service. And again, I'm making that awareness too. If, if God is calling you, and I was a children's pastor way before I became this, I believe the children's ministry, God, it's a high calling. It's not something where we take care of a nursery kids. It's a high calling of God to take care of our kids. Amen? And so if you feel that high call or you feel an unction, please show up at that meeting. It's uh, following our second service. Well, Jamie came up to me and, you know, and she's got some different arrangements. I'm just going to call them peculiar arrangements, you know, that she's in her living arrangements right now. And, and uh, so I have been con- I've been concerned because I love her. You know, and I, I say, hey, you know, what's going on and, um, with your living arrangements? And anyway, and she's always got that smile on her face, um, just that Jesus, uh, you know, uh, Mother Teresa look on her face. That's who she is to me. And, and she goes, I'm good, you know, and you don't need to worry about me. And anyway, so today she honored me so much by coming to my office. And she goes, pa- you know, Pastor God spoke to me and said, you need to let him be your shepherd. You're not used to it. And so I know I can't shepherd, obviously, individually like that, you know, but all of us should capture the shepherd's heart and that we love deeply and that we care about one another deeply. And God has created this sacrament of communion, a holy sacrament of communion. And it's, you know, yes, it has the the body and the blood of Christ in representation but it means so much more than that. And we're gonna to try to capture that. We're gonna to try to captivate it. We're gonna to try to allow our, our, even maybe some of our traditional mindset and thinking, hopefully we can transition and really capture everything. And I pray that everyone gets just something more. Just today, something more. I don't know what that might be. It might be different for everybody in this room, but I know that's how the Spirit of God does. He, he brings us into spaces where we're taking steps in his understanding. My wife and I um, officiated a wedding on Friday. And, uh, you know, we, and we did practice on Thursday. We're in Grand Rapids. And, and uh, on Friday, I'm sitting in the lobby and it's kind of a really neat facility. Uh, you really, I'm just gonna say real, really unique. I've never been in one like it. One side's the wedding ceremony. The other side is the reception hall. And then upstairs, there's even more food and refreshments. Just really, just built around a place to have weddings. And uh, anyway, I don't, I don't really care about all that because my part is, where's God? Because God's going to put two people together 
and make them one. And I can bring the, the vows together. I can bring the ceremony together. And, and I can even polish it really well and make it personal because I, I know the two that are getting married. But be honest with you, I don't care. I want to know that God is there. I want to know that God is there. And so I hadn't really felt it, didn't really feel the presence. So I'm getting there a little bit early and I'm sitting in the lobby area. And you know, whenever people are coming in, they're kind of greeting me a little bit. And you're seeing all these people walk through and some of them are really late. And then the bridal party's not got all, I mean, everything's just crazy, you know, it's chaos. It's like almost every wedding is, you know, and uh, I just, where are you, God? Where are you? And I couldn't feel it. And to be honest with you, I didn't really want to move on and I was kind of happy that it was taking a little longer than normal. And then all of a sudden I felt his presence. And you know what I recognize? You don't want everybody else to feel it. Right? And I want to share this thing because communion, I want to speak to everyone here that it's your responsibility to lead others in your environment, in your scope, into God's presence. It's not your spouse's responsibility. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your best friend's responsibility. It's not because of some kind of seniority that maybe, well, that other person knows God longer than me, so I'm just gonna be quiet and wait for them to do it. The disciples, many times, the apostles were some of the youngest people in the crowd, and God had them the leaders of the church of that day. So it had nothing to do with age, had nothing to do about, you know, had, you know, seniority or any kind of church, you know, uh, planning. It had everything to do with they had been with God. In fact, you know, didn't they say that in the book of Acts? They looked at them and says, they marveled and they recognized that they had spent time with God. Every one of you can do that. Communion is literally a space that recognizes and acknowledges that you know you're not alone. That there's a God that you serve. There's a God that you acknowledge in your life. There's a God that you worship. And you put, you do, and, and the Bible says, as long as you do this in remembrance of me, and you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, many times I, I have to hit the reset button on my computer. It seems like I got a brand new computer and it's like, already has got viruses that are trying to connect. And I think, I don't even think they're really viruses. I think they're false. And they're wanting me to go down the crazy path of the virus so that I open up something that's really a virus. And I'm just, you know, I refuse to take that path. And I say all of that is it's a reset button. Control, alt, delete. And many times God's saying, will you Control, alt, delete your moment right now. I know there's a lot of chaos going on. I know you got a lot of things in play today. But can you just hit these three little buttons and reset and recognize who I am in your life? You know, God didn't say that we had to take communion inside a sanctuary. That's just traditional. And I don't even know where people picked it up. It's not, there's nothing in the Bible that says you must come into the temple of the God or you must come into church to, to have communion. It doesn't say that. It says do this always in, remember. Well, so we only remember him when we're in church? No wonder people in the world don't go to church because they don't see church outside these doors if that's the only place we're remembering him. 
So if we're really doing this in remembrance of him, we should take communion and have communion at home. Or communion, you know, in, you know, maybe in a date. There's an idea. Or communion when we're with, you know, with our, our kids and maybe there's a sporting event and you know, a lot of our kids wanna make it and sometimes we make it all, I know I was guilty, make it all about that sporting event, but what if we were to recognize a moment and say, you know what, honey, I know that you're gonna go out there and do everything you can, do the best you can, which I expect you to do, God expects you to do in your sport today, but what if we just took communion, communion right now in remembrance of him, knowing he's the one that gave you the gift to celebrate today? What if we were to begin to take some steps out of our traditional way we've always done them in remembrance of him? He's worthy of it, amen? So I'm gonna read some passages today and one of them is kind of almost a little sticky in our thinking because it seems like, God, that's really harsh. And we're gonna try to explain it. Then we're gonna go through some verses um, and some points today about communion. It won't take that long. And then we're going to take some extra worship time for you to celebrate and connect with him. Even have a special music that God had asked me to sing and I've had our worship team to bring into our service today because I really believe that there's power in communion with God. You know, when, when, when they saw, they said they, they were walking with God, there was always one thing that they always seen when they were, they were in the presence of God or they were in the, or the presence of his, his word and his name. They always saw power. Do you ever feel like sometimes your life is powerless? Well, then you need to have communion with God because he is all powerful. We sing a song, he's all powerful. All you need to do is walk and talk with him. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the space of events in our life, chaotic as well as some in order because recognizing, Lord, that you are all in all. And that, Father, that if we hit the reset button, if we acknowledge you first, you said that even in the midst of chaos, you'll direct our steps. Father, I pray directives in marriages today, directives in parenting today, directives, God, in, in courtship today, God, I pray directives and especially the courtship of you. God, may, Lord, may we be drawn into who you are and see you and experience you, Father, in spaces. And Lord, may our hearts, Father, wax stronger in spirit as we walk with you. Thank you for this moment. We'll never have it again. May we not miss what you have in this hour. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a familiar passage talking about communion. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks to God in it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. 
Anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some of you even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So now I want to do, go back into the Old Testament. And the first passage I'm going to read isn't in your notes. I apologize for that. It's something the Lord gave to me very um, late in the, in the hour. But I want you to write it down if you can. Okay? It's, it's found in Exodus chapter 24, 9 through 11. It's just a couple verses. And then we're going to reference what is going to be in your notes, Leviticus chapter 10. Exodus 24, 9 through 11. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. It's very important what I'm about to read to you. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue lapis lazuli, as clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. Now, before we go to the next passage, you can put it up there in Leviticus chapter 10. I have some explanation to do. Adam and Eve lived in this space of holiness with God. Remember, we, we're going to read, it says that in Leviticus 10, and in a moment we're going to read, to the world I'll show my glory, but to those who draw near me, I will show my holiness. Adam and Eve lived in the space of holy communion with God every day. I can't even fathom how wonderful that is. But they lived in that space to the point where they treated it as common. Interesting that somehow we as, as our human beings, even perfect human beings, have the space inside of us to treat something that is holy as common. Yet if we think about it, sometimes we do this with communion a lot. Or maybe even worship. Or maybe even the Word of God when we open up the Holy Word of God. We can treat it as common. And so Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders and Moses and Aaron get caught up in the space and God literally defies his own rules, his own laws of this. And he says, I'm going to make a space of grace. That's what grace is, divine influence upon her. I'm going to make a space of grace and mercy. I'm going to bring people to myself. I just can't help myself. I want to connect with him on a deeper level. That's our God who wants to connect with us on a deeper level and gives us these sacraments and gives us this place of worship and gives us holiness and he shows these things. He wants to connect with us on a holy level and all we gotta do is obey. That's all we gotta do is obey. We may not know why, we may not understand, but all we need to do is get caught up in the space of obedience. And then God begins to reveal himself. Here are these men, in fact it says, they ate, they supped, they had communion with God, and they looked upon God. Now, since Adam and Eve had sinned, no one has been able to do this and not die. Moses begged for it. Let me see who you are. 
And so here's God creating this moment. We don't really understand. There's no moment like it. And yet God creates this space of communion. I guess what I want you to understand is that that shouldn't be treated as common. In fact, as we read in the book of Exodus, these same two men, Nadab and Abihu, they are Aaron's sons. And they are anointed, and you can follow it. In fact, it's a good read. Keep reading in the book of Exodus. Chapter 25 on, and then you can read it in Leviticus chapter 8. There's these, these literally sacrificial, sacrimonial activities of anointing. There, God builds these utensils, and he builds the Ark of the Covenant, and he builds a space where God's people can commune with him. And Nadab and Abihu are given these orders and saying, look, make this incense in this order. Not a different order, but in this exact order. Because this is going to be holy unto God. It's not going to be man-made. It's not common. It's going to be holy. And you may not make this mix for anything else. It's only to be used in this setting. Because it's, come on, say it with me, holy unto God. Do you realize that every single one of you are peculiar, gift makes up, are unique? And the reason for that is, is it's holy unto God. That's who you are. Your worship is unique and it's holy unto Him. Your life and your giftings are unique and are holy unto Him. Now we're going to pick up, and if you would read this passage, and maybe you're doing them in your devotions, and you just get caught up, and all of a sudden you're now in Luke, I'm sorry, you're in Leviticus, and you're going, oh my goodness, I, I mean, look what, look what this moment, well, let's read it. Leviticus chapter 10. Aaron's sons, same guys in Exodus 24, that got caught up, saw the presence of God, were communicated what is holy unto God, what do they do? Nadab and Abihu put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had, say it with me, commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory to all the people. No joke. God wants us to get close to him, but that's not a joke. It's not common. When God brings you into the space of his presence and his holiness, it's no joke. Then Moses called for Michelle and Elephon and Aaron's cousins and the sons of Aaron, uncle Uzael. He said to them, come forward and carry away the bodies of your relatives from in front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and picked them up in their garments and carried them out for the camp. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eleazar and Ethamar, do not show grief by leaving your hair uncombed or by tearing your clothes. If you do, you're going to die and the Lord's anger will strike the whole community of Israel. However, the rest of the Israelites, your relatives may mourn because of the Lord's fiery, fiery destruction. Why can the rest of them, why can they? Because they weren't in the space of holiness, they were in the space of glory. All of the Israelites, God had been in God's glory. But to Nadab and Abihu had been in his holiness. Do you realize that there's something about the holy sacrament of God? There's something about when God says it's holy, it's separate unto him. Number one in your notes, communion is sacred or holy unto God and not to be treated as common. God can take an ordinary 
saltine cracker and call it sacred unto him. He can take grape juice and bring his forgiveness in the midst of your life. He can touch your life and wipe away all of your past because of your obedience and taking some grape juice, knowing that you realize it's a sacrament of forgiveness for your life. Number two, God will express his glory to everyone, but his holiness to those who draw near. How many of you want to draw near to God? Today we're going to take communion. I believe that, you know what, some of us are going to, it's a little different if you've never done communion in our church before. We just ask that you, as you feel led during our worship service, you get out of your chairs and you'll notice others doing it and come up and, and take the juice and the cracker and the cracker is actually all part of the thing and you can take, tear the top off and there's a cracker right there. And you take communion on, you know what, just you and God. You can go sit against the wall. You can be at the altar this is between you and God. This, you know what? You can get caught up in a holy space of God and his presence can just literally just take you away. Feel like you're, or it may just be one of those next steps and you just feel like the breath of God. You know, my wife can get really close to me and I can get in that space and I can feel her breath. Or I can literally be engulfed in her presence. Either way, there's still a moment with her. What about you'd have that holy moment with God? Don't belittle it. Don't make it common. Just, and maybe all you have is your heart just rendering unto God and say, God, here I am. Leviticus 10.3, I will display my holiness through those who come near me and I will display my glory before all the people. Number three, communion is with the, with the personhood of Jesus and not just a traditional sacrament. Communion is a holy connection. In Acts chapter 4, verse 30, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting shook, place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. John 14, 12 through 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And number four, in closing, communion centers on what Jesus did and provided that you could never do. What is communion? You, most of us have this understanding of, you know, that when we get to heaven, there'll never be any sickness. Usually when we think about these words, it's because somebody very close to us whether it's a relative or a friend or whatever, is sick. And in that space, we'll we make these comments and, and go, well, we just know that, you know what, in heaven, there'll never be any sickness. And all that's true. Or we'll have a space where, there, you know, we'll, we'll know somebody that God, that you know, we know that God is a, a restorer. And we know that maybe somebody's just had a broken relationship in their life, whether it be, you know, something that's happened uh, through divorce or something that's happened through a work scenario or just something that's just broke, that their life is broke up in, in space. And, and we know that God's a restorer. Or, or maybe that, you know, it could be that, you know, you're, you're struggling with, with in your life and of even knowing a value that your, your life even has meaning. Maybe you've been brought up in this, in this house or, you know, in this world, I should say, and, and you know, you've just been browbeat. I mean, people just told you that you're no good and you're never going to amount to anything and, and that your life is just never going to really have any meaning at all. 
And maybe that's been something that's been, hand, you know, maybe some parental uh, uh, care was just very mean, or maybe somebody did that with, you know, through coaching. And I know I had a coach that told me, he said, you're never going to amount to anything. And all it did is drive me further in. I'm going to be something. But I don't, it doesn't matter. Words have power to build or destroy. What I want to share with you today is God gave us some words. Holy communion. And that these words have power in them. And if you will treat them as common, and that's all you get out of it. That's all you get. Or you can say, God, it, it looks like juice, and it looks like a cracker to me. But God, when you touch it, it's holy. And maybe you could start looking at your own life that way. Man, I look the same. In fact, I feel a little older. <laughs> look a little older. And God goes, you're getting brighter. That's my power, my life that's living inside of you. You're growing stronger in me, son. You're growing stronger in me, daughter. Which way will it be? You're going to look in the mirror and get your picture of who you are from your physical or you can look in the mirror of God's word and realize these promises are alive and live inside of you. Now, if you treat them as common, well, then you'll get nothing out of it. But if you treat them as holy, make a point of it. Can you, I just for a second, in closing, if you were Nadab and Abihu, what do you think you were talking about for the next month? Especially to all your younger brothers that weren't there. You should have seen it. It was the most, I mean, you think rainbows are cool? You should have seen how he lit up. It was the most marvelous, it was the most powerful, and the presence that came out of it, it felt like my very being was being exposed. I just didn't even, I, I mean, it was just a moment, I can't even describe it, and I'm trying, and, it mean, and yet how can that just transpire, and just a few months later, it's common. What's well, kind of what history teaches us. Did you realize that what I just read in Exodus, they had, right from Exodus, these men of God got caught up in the presence of God, got their orders of what to build, the Ark of the Covenant, the utensils that were supposed to be anointed, and all these things. And then, and then right after that, God shows up in his glory. And then right after that, Moses gets caught up on the mountain again. And they build the golden calf. That's what you and I are capable of. We can be in the space of wonder and anointing in the presence of God. And we can leave this building. And we can have an experience of holiness. And we can leave this building. And right away, it's right back to common. Don't beat yourself up. Recognize that that's your fallen nature. And that you need to put him in remembrance. And then God gives us this wonderful sacrament. 
And that he doesn't say, look, you can only do this in certain spaces. You can do this by the beach. You can do this in your bedroom. You can do this with your children right before a sporting event. You can do this in your marriage. You can do this anywhere because as you do this and put him, God comes in that space and goes, you're doing this unto me. I'm going to come and draw near to you in this holy moment. I want to be like the apostles. And when people look at me or look at you and go, you're not that bright. But I can tell you've been with Jesus. I don't want to be polished. I want to be present with him. Amen? Father, thank you for calling and making spaces of people, places, and things holy so that, Lord, we can touch, we can connect on earth as well as it is in heaven. We realize that heaven is a holy space. It's holy ground. We also recognize, Father, that you touch places like this sacrament. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. We receive that forgiveness. In fact, I want all of you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I receive the forgiveness of my sin because of the blood of Christ that Jesus died for me. He made it real and I receive. In Jesus' name, I'm all yours, Lord. Amen. Father, I pray as we take this sacrament, God, I pray for every life that's here and maybe those watching right now that they would have, find some cracker and some juice and that through our worship time, that they will be drawn near into a holy space with you. That's who you are, God. That's who you are. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, again, as we worship the Lord, as our team brings us into his presence, take this time and make it a holy moment with God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.